You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. So this is the one thing I swore that I would never do is just sit down in front of a microphone and record an episode. But now this is the second time that I've done this this year. Usually with one of these ego fests, I recruit some unknowing or perhaps regretting it later, uh, some some sap who wants to come on here and talk with me for a while and just, uh, you know, it, it is called ego fest. So just listen to me ramble on about myself, though I usually try to give other people a chance to speak. This time around, I didn't even try to recruit anyone, so just going to be me and a microphone and telling you what I want you to know. It is the 2018 year in review. I tend to hate year in review kind of stuff. I'm not going to give you the top 10 movies that I saw this year, the top 10 horror films, the bottom 10 whatever I don't go out to the movies that often. You know, I'm too busy running a podcast. So, sorry, guys. Maybe I'll tell you the top 10 episodes that we've done this year, the bottom 10. Though it's a little too early to tell because the December numbers aren't in. So, that said, there are some things that I wanted to discuss as the year is wrapping up. One of those things is that I wanted to announce that we have done, we being me, have done a 2018 final music mix for the year. So that is something that I enjoy doing on an annual basis where I go through and pick out songs that are representative or were used in episodes throughout the entire year of 2018, including some stuff that maybe hasn't even dropped yet. This is going to drop mid-December, so there are a couple more episodes to go. This year, I did things a little differently. Usually, I kind of go more in order, but this year, I went back to my my mixtape roots and tried to put things more in thematic order, where I would think that things would fit well together. This is, if you were listening to me on WCBN FM Ann Arbor, this is what you might hear, though probably a different mix of songs, of course, but as far as trying to kind of keep some of the tones together and being able to go from one song to another and doing some interesting segues, hopefully you'll find it interesting. So that's one of the things, you know, the, the best edits are the ones that you don't know have been edits, the the best way of doing a segue in a song is so that you don't even notice that a segue has happened. So hopefully people will enjoy that. That is available now through the RSS feed. Also, it's over on SoundCloud, and I think that's about it as far as different platforms. So, you know, all your usual ways of getting the podcast. And if you get the podcast on iTunes, why don't you do me a favor? If you haven't given a review please go on over, give a review. We'll talk a little bit more about reviews as we go on, but they are important. They actually kind of bump up the podcast and the lists so that people might notice them. And I always say that the projection booth is the best podcast around that people aren't listening to. So you folks that are listening, you're an exclusive group. 2018 has been a very interesting year as far as film festivals. Went to several film festivals throughout the year. Uh, Movie 8 down in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Horror Hound down in Indiana, where I saw the premiere of Survival of the Film Freaks, a documentary that I was very fortunate to have a hand in producing. If you haven't seen Survival of the Film Freaks, I would definitely recommend it, and you can check out their Facebook group. I will definitely have links on this posting where you can find them, or you can just Google Survival of the Film Freaks, and you'll be able to find them. I was a judge over at the Chicago Underground Film Festival. have done a couple things related to that throughout the year. did an episode on uh, the film that won the festival called Craigslist All-Stars. Highly recommend that movie as well if you get a chance to see it. And uh, we've got an interview with the filmmaker 
available on the feed as well. And I was also over at the Freep Film Fest, which is a Detroit film fest where I did a Q&A about a documentary called The Big House. Now, I am not into sports at all, but I actually enjoyed this direct cinema documentary, had a great time talking with the filmmakers behind that. And again, I would recommend that it really gives you an interesting slice of Ann Arbor. And it also gives you an interesting picture of 2016 and where we saw some of the divides in our culture at the time. So coming up over the next few months, some things that people might want to be aware of. I have posted the entire year's schedule over at the Projection Booth Facebook group. Now that's different from the Facebook page. I'm not sure why we still have groups and pages on Facebook versus just having one thing, but the Facebook group, it's supposed to be more of a discussion, but it's usually just me posting stuff, and then occasionally a couple guys will post some things that are related to movies, some things that aren't. The things that aren't, they usually delete, but the things that are, I'll go ahead and leave those up, so... Uh, and yeah, there's a list out there of all of the episodes that we're going to be doing throughout 2019, and not including a couple bonus episodes that I'm already working on. Oh, why do I do this to myself? 52 episodes plus at least four bonus episodes plus the random interviews that I managed to get to do throughout the year that don't really necessarily tie directly to something, maybe a new book release, maybe a new movie release. I will include those as well as always. I'm not sure how my schedule is going to be coming up here. I haven't even told the people that I work with at the moment, but I'm letting you guys know I'm actually starting a new job early 2019. So I'm not sure how that's going to affect my schedule. Hopefully it won't affect it too adversely, and you won't even notice that I'll have a new job other than me talking about new things, perhaps, here and there. And right around the time that I'm dropping this episode, I'm hoping to record a couple episodes for January in a studio here in Detroit, the Podcast Detroit studio. I'm going to be doing two episodes about Ernst Lubitsch films, uh, talking with Joseph McBride. I'm going to have a couple local folks here as my co-hosts, so we're all getting together in a one spot rather than trying to do this via Skype and that kind of stuff. So it'll be an interesting thing. Hopefully that comes off touch wood. So I wanted to switch topics a little and take some questions. I've put out every few months I will put out that I'm doing another eco fest and we'll put out on uh, the Facebook group page Twitter patreon those kind of things hey I'm doing a ego fest so if you have questions pass them on first up we have a question from JP Ward did you encounter any pizza huts in Shanghai outside of demolition man which in your opinion is a fundamentally funnier punchline taco Bell or pizza hut personally I think taco Bell is a funnier thing just because it is, well, one, it's more popular, I think, and two, it's more plebeian. Taco Bell winning the fast food franchise wars, I think, is a funnier punchline. Uh, I didn't run into any Pizza Huts in Shanghai, though they have Domino's and they have oh, Papa John's over there like crazy. They really need a good pizza injection in Shanghai. Have Exorcist 2 fans been gentler on you than Alien 3 fans? Yeah, yeah, I think definitely so, because Exorcist 2 fans, they've always been very disenfranchised, uh, and they're not as defensive, I think, as Alien 3 fans. I, I haven't checked any Exorcist 2 fan pages, uh, boards or anything. Actually, there is a fan page on uh Facebook, and they seem to be pretty happy with the episode, so that was kind of a nice thing. And I don't think I made any boners by saying that things were done in uh, CGI when they're actually done by puppets. Oh my god, how dare I say that something was done with CGI when it was actually done with really crappy puppets. Any upcoming commentary tracks? I enjoyed your commentary for Exorcist 2. Would you be willing to record one for Cruising should Scream Factory release that on Blu-ray? I think Scream Factory or Shell Factory already is releasing that on Blu-ray, and it has been announced, and I am not part of the announcement. Uh, 
I would love to have done the commentary track for cruising. I think that would have been phenomenal, but I'm not part of that. Would I like to do more commentary tracks? Yeah, I would be absolutely up for that. But I have yet to break into that realm properly. So I'm still contacting different places, Kino Lorber, Shout Factory, these kind of places, and saying, hey, I'm available. But, you know, uh, nobody's picking up the figurative phone, as it were. Next up, I have a question from Maurice. I'm asking this because it's a situation I faced recently and I am kicking myself for. Has there ever been someone you wanted for a podcast and could potentially have gotten, but felt overwhelmed by who they were or potentially that they were difficult that you didn't ask them to chat on the show? So that's two things. That's have you ever wanted to talk to somebody and then known that they were difficult so you didn't go after them or Have you kind of chickened out as far as somebody being too big? I haven't ever chickened out as far as somebody being too big, quote unquote. I mean, I've gone after folks. There's nobody that I haven't tried to approach. You know, Schwarzenegger, Tom Hanks, Bruce Willis, like anybody that's, I don't think Bruce Willis is still on the A-list, but anybody who's still on the A-list of acting um, you know, I'm fine trying to go after them, but they are definitely much more shielded when it comes to that kind of stuff. They're not about to have their publicists get back to me, you know, or the publicists or the managers or the agents. They're just going to ignore the requests. So, but as far as somebody who was potentially difficult that I didn't want to interview, Yeah, I mean, I didn't go after John Lydon when we were doing the Public Image Limited episode. I probably could have fished around and saw if he was available. I don't think he was doing interviews for that, but I know Lydon is a difficult interview, so I didn't really want to go after him. The the big surprise is the ones where you think it's going to be a good interview, and then they end up being a difficult interview subject. So I don't really appreciate those, but at the same time, sometimes it makes for funny interviews. See the Blasts of Silence episode? I guess I'm semi-stupid enough slash fearless enough to go after whoever. I just am more realistic as far as I probably am not going to get this person if I go after somebody who's too big. But no, I don't think I've ever been overwhelmed. There were a couple times, like when I talked to Ed Asner, I was a little nervous. Occasionally, I still do get nervous talking to folks, but that's more after the interview is set up, not necessarily in the going after process. So let's go ahead and we're going to play a clip from Mark Begley, who sent this in, who has some questions for me, and you'll hear that right now. Hello, Mike and everyone else at the Projection Booth Podcast. This is Mark from Wake Up Heavy with a few questions for your EgoFest 2018. Please feel free to use any, all, or none of these as you see fit. And I am aware that these may be questions that you have answered on episodes of Pro Booth, um, but I have not worked my way through all 5,892 episodes just yet. Okay, here we go. Have you ever deleted a whole track and or finished episode and been unable to retrieve it? No, I mean, I talked on the tracks episode and the tracks redux uh, that I did a few months ago where I talked about how Mondo Justin had an accident years and years ago where Dropbox ate a couple of episodes. He interviewed Shadow Stevens and Robert Davi, and both of those were FUBAR, and we could never get those back, which was a real shame. So I went ahead and I re-interviewed Shadow Stevens and couldn't get a hold of Robert Davi, tried to get Priscilla Burns. That didn't work either, but... Yeah, tried to, to, to kind of redo that episode and uh, give it a new fresh coat of paint. So hopefully folks have listened to that, enjoyed it, because Tracks is still a movie that people should check out. But yeah, I mean, we've had technical difficulties, but fortunately or unfortunately, it's usually been on the part of Skype or computer malfunctions, and it necessarily it hasn't necessarily 
been on me as far as deleting something. Thank goodness for that. And knock on wood that that doesn't happen. Next one is, what is one movie on which you will never do an episode? I can't really think of one movie that I would just hardcore put my foot down and say, no, I will never do this. I mean, there are some movies where I know people really like them and I absolutely hate them. And there are times where I think, why do I have such an opposite opinion about this film than other folks? Then there are some films that have been talked about to death and I still sometimes want to put my two cents in. I mean, we did that episode forever ago on Blade Runner where it was kind of a challenge. Like, could we say something about Blade Runner that hasn't been said before? I don't know if we necessarily succeeded or not, but hopefully we did. After I'm done recording this, I'm going to be recording an episode about Psycho. Now, has everything been said about Psycho? Possibly. Uh, has everything been verbalized about Psycho rather than necessarily written about Psycho? I mean, the course pack I put together about Psycho is probably seven, eight hundred pages worth of articles. So there are, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's not my, you know, my, my Robin Wood book, my Hitchcock reader, my this, my that, the other thing. So yeah, I mean, that's just a cursory gathering of articles about Psycho. So there have probably been millions of words written about it. Am I going to be able to say something new or different than those other million words? I'm not sure. But, you know, fools rush in. Are there any guests or interviewees you've regretted speaking to? And it is not necessary to name names. Just curious. No, I don't think so. Every person that I've ever spoken to, I've tried to get at least some little glimmer of information that will add to the conversation at hand. Even when it comes to, I mentioned Flash of Silence earlier, he still brought some interesting information to <laughs> the fore. But um, yeah, there's never a time where I've hung up the phone and said, that did nothing for me, or I am completely angry about this. I mean, I'd rather have somebody that talks too much than talks too little. Fortunately, I haven't had very many interviews where I've had to pull information out of somebody. Now, when it comes to co-hosts, that's a whole different story. I mean, I don't know how many folks have listened to the Elvira episode, but that one was a very interesting situation. So, yeah, I mean, if you are coming on the show as a co-host... Do your research, do your reading, watch the movie, those kind of things. So that's when I have regrets is when it comes to that. But for the most part, I'd say 99.9% .9 of the time when it comes to this kind of chemistry experiment that I'm doing where I'm taking two different co-hosts and putting them with me and having a discussion about a movie, there have been some great, great results from that. Going back to the Exorcist 2 episode that we did, having Sam and David on there. Oh, Sam and Dave. I didn't even realize that. Having those two on the episode, wow. They had never spoken other than through Facebook Messenger with me. They'd never spoken before. And to have that kind of chemistry when we were talking about Exorcist 2, I thought was really great. Or my favorite one is... Decoy, the film noir, where I had Maiden McDonough and Krista Faust on there, and to hear those two talk, that was wonderful. So there have been some really good chemistry experiments when it comes to the co-hosts, and for the most part, they work out, and they work out really well. Who is the one person that you would love to be able to speak with about a particular movie, but has remained elusive? I don't know if I can narrow it down to one person. This kind of speaks to another question that I got through the Facebook page. Um, and I'm sorry I didn't write down this person's name. And they asked what happened to the Penn and Teller episode. Uh, well, I'm still hoping to talk to Penn and or Teller and talk to them about their movie appearance. I think that would be great. But those guys have remained elusive to me. I uh, have yet to track down either one of them. But usually these days when people ask me who's the one person I'd like to talk to, the first name that pops in my mind, for whatever reason, 
is Louis Guzman. I would really like to speak to Louis Guzman. I'd like to do an episode about the kind of Monte Cristo, the Kevin Reynolds version. And I would like to talk to him about that and really about his career. There are quite a few people where I would love to do like career spanning interviews, start at the beginning and go through all of the things that they've done, television, movies, etc., and just get the whole lowdown. Guzman would be definitely one of those. I love watching him work, and I think that he would be a great interview. Ron Perlman's another person when it comes to that. Clancy Brown is another. But yeah, at the top of the list, for whatever reason, when you ask me right now, Lou Guzman's at the top of the list. Next one we have, what is one movie you've wanted to do an episode on, but for whatever reason... It just hasn't happened yet. Oh, I've got so many, Mark. It's not fair. This isn't a fair question. You know, I already said I've got 52, 56 episodes planned out for next year, and then some past that. You know, recently I was watching the film The Frighteners, and I was just like, wow, this movie really doesn't work for me. But then some people, it's their favorite movie. So again, I want to hear, like, why does this work for you? And I want to have a chance to say why it doesn't necessarily work for me. And I want to look at the history of the production behind it and say, yeah, let's, let's talk about this. So yeah, I mean, there are so many movies that I want to do episodes on and that list is ever growing. And what is the longest episode of the projection booth? Is it the Exorcist 2? I think it's the Exorcist 2. Now, Mark did excuse himself at the beginning of that clip where he said he hasn't gone through all of the episodes yet. So his question about the longest episode of the projection booth and thinking that it was Exorcist 2, I will definitely forgive him on that. The longest episode that we've done so far, perhaps it will be outdone by the 2001 A Space Odyssey episode that is going to round out 2018. Perhaps it'll be that. But at the moment, the record holder is the Conan episode, which clocks in right around seven hours. And then after that, I think maybe the Star Wars episode, somewhere around there. I mean, we've had a couple five-hour episodes. I think Exorcist 2 is one of those. So yeah, it's right up there towards the top. What is the strangest movie you have ever seen? And it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you have done an episode on. My mind immediately goes to seeing movies at the Microsoft Fest and just having so much fun with some of those films that I've seen. I don't want to cop out on this question. So I'm going to go with a movie called The Flu, which I believe is spelled F-L-E-W. It is very much a fever dream. There's a lot of Eraserhead elements to it. I mean, Eraserhead was up there for me for a long time, though now it's like when you get into... That Lynch mindset sometimes is just like, yeah, this stuff makes sense in its own Lynchian way. But the word strange is not troublesome, but it is an interesting word. If I had a dialogue with Mark, I would ask him for other words in place of strange, just so I could get a little bit closer to the answer. I mean, even when it comes to weird, like what's the weirdest movie? I don't know. That's tough. That's a very tough question. I don't know if I've seen that movie yet. And then the last question, what movie has remained elusive and how much would you pay to be able to watch it? Something like The Day the Clown Cried or The Other Side of the Wind, which of course is now available. But uh, anything that has been hidden from view for decades or years. And maybe you've seen everything, I don't know. In the past, I've paid outrageous amounts of money to see movies that have been on my want list. Uh, there was one called Change of Mind years ago that I liberated from a film archive in Germany, and I think I paid $600 to see it. I'm not proud. I don't know if I would continue to pay that much money to see anything, but there are some movies that I would really like to see. Um, I'll tell you, one of them is called Troika by Frederick Hobbs and Gordon Mueller. That's supposed to be pretty out there. Uh, another one is called Hang Up, or it's also known as Super Dude. Now that's sitting in the Warner Brothers archive. I think that there are some music rights that are tying that up. I heard 
that there was a VHS version of that floating around. We'd really like to see that. There's also one called Stop by Bill Gunn from 1970 that I would really like to see. There is an Uli Lommel film called Adolf and Marlene, uh, or Marlena, I should say. Uh, also, and this is gonna, it's gonna butcher, um, this title, Der Mann zum Albers Salzburg also is, uh, another name for it. That would be great to see. See, now you've opened Pandora's box. There's a couple more. Eaters of the Dead. Now that's the original work print of the 13th Warrior that John McTiernan did. I'd like to see that. I would also like to see one called Shorty the Pimp, which I think there's a soundtrack album out for, but I have yet to see the movie. Can you tell there's kind of a black exploitation theme to this? And the other thing is... I would really like to see one called Smokey is the Bandit. Now, that was Smoking the Bandit 3. Some people say that this movie doesn't exist, though I think that it does. And that is Jackie Gleason playing both Smokey and the Bandit in the third Smoking the Bandit film. And then they reshot a lot of it and put our good friend Jerry Reed out there as the Bandit-ish character. And then we got a dream sequence of... Burt Reynolds coming in towards the end of the movie, if memory serves. So it's it's been a little while since I've seen it, because I would like to see the original uh, unbolderized version of that one. Okay, those are my questions. Hopefully one of them sticks. If not, that's okay. Um, along with, I'm sure, most of the people who are writing or sending files in, I have to say congrats on approaching 400 episodes and... Thank you very much for all the time and energy you put into this amazing podcast. Thanks, everybody. Bye. And then Mark sent me one more question via email right before starting to record this, which was, how in the world do you keep track of all those birthdays? You might notice on the Facebook page, uh, also via Twitter, I will wish uh, birthday greetings to people. And that's mostly just because of Facebook and because of my contact list. I'll go through when I have a contact on Google and I will make sure that I add their birthday if I know it. And then we'll just keep track of that. And then sometimes through Hootsuite or while I'm on Facebook, I will look at my calendar, look at the episode list, and then go ahead and wish somebody happy birthday. And so try to especially try to prompt people to look at some of the older episodes because, you know, we've almost done 400 of them, not including the special episodes. And that I think we're up to like 166 or something. So about 1200 hours worth of programming. Enjoy yourself. I've got an anonymous question here, which is, is it frustrating when co-hosts aren't aware or haven't listened to relevant prior episodes to inform them during their current discussion? Not really. Not really. Just like with Mark, I don't expect people to have listened to all, you know, 1,200 hours worth of the projection booth. That's just kind of nuts. And to remember all that stuff. So, I mean, there are times where I have to ask myself, did we do an episode on this? Usually I'm pretty good at remembering that, but every once in a while I have to double check. And then sometimes when you're talking about one movie, that opens up the conversation to other similar films. And sometimes I feel like I've done episodes about things like Sextet, perhaps. You know, I talked a lot about Sextet on the Byron Breckenridge episode, and I think we've brought up Sextet a few times. Am I ever going to dedicate a full episode to Sextet? Probably not, because I feel like I've kind of already discussed it. So yeah, if we're talking about stuff and somebody brings up, I don't know, Alien 3 or Highlander or something that we've already discussed and it's kind of relevant to the conversation and they act as if they haven't heard us talk about it before, that's fine. You know, this is all a discussion. And whether you're discussing back to a previous episode or you're just having a brand new discussion, that's fine too. This isn't necessarily a question from an anonymous source, but it is a uh, a quote from an anonymous source. I'm thinking of suggesting you do an episode on Film X, but I feel like a dote if you responded that an episode on Film X already exists. Lordy, lordy, lord. I don't suppose that there's any simple list of past episodes I could scroll through to double check some sort of past shows tab on your website. Such a simple solution is beyond my comprehension in today's world. Yeah, Anonymous, that is a very uh, poignant and uh, relevant 
comment there because we do occasionally get uh, requests in our suggestion box for films that we have covered before. I can't tell you how many people have requested Streets of Fire. And that was like one of the first episodes that we did way back when. That was a Mondo Justin episode that kind of puts a date on it. So, yeah, there is a past shows tab and you can see almost all of the episodes. There are certain things that I leave off of there, like what's going to be at this year's free film festival or what's happening at the Kansas city film festival. Those things I'll leave off the list because they're more just time sensitive stuff. Sometimes I'll leave off bonus episodes or whatever, but there's also, we also got the Google right on the site. So you can also Google stuff through our little search window. But yes, we also do have the full list of pretty much everything that we've covered. So You know, whatever. You can go ahead. You can ask for episodes we've already done, and I'll just publicly humiliate you. It's it's fine. Don't worry about it. So I mentioned reviews before, and I did want to thank all of the people who have given us reviews, especially over the last year. It's been really nice, and it's been very funny. Apparently, we've touched a nerve. Uh, We've gotten a couple reviews since uh, June that have been pretty funny. Uh, I think it was around the time of the Falling Down episode, where Falling Down is is a pretty relevant film in today's world, especially looking at the uh, quote-unquote alt-right, so basically American Nazis, and just, you know, how we've gotten into this mess that we're in presently, or presently, I should probably say. I've gotten a couple uh, interesting reviews. Uh, one of them uh, from somebody called Stewballs78, uh, which is, uh, I just want to listen to you guys break down my favorite movies, not your anti-Trump views. Okay. Then we got another one under the title Trump Haters. And that is from Dr. Zeltron. Their one-star review said, Thought this podcast was supposed to be, suppose, supposed to be movies, not President Trump bashing idiots. Leave your political views out of the movie reviews. Yeah, that seems to be kind of a common theme that I've gotten lately. I've had, uh, you know, there was one online troll who just loved using our suggestion box to just kind of troll me and you know when uh, things like why I didn't report was a hashtag and I found that one of my friends was uh, had that hashtag and was talking about why she didn't report her sexual abuse you know really kind of affected me it was really um, a terrible thing to just be scrolling through uh, replies to that hashtag and see somebody that you love uh, having posted under that and hear their sad story. You know, very much like when uh, the Me Too hashtag started and you just saw person after person after person that you cared about and just the horrible things that they've gone through or just that they've had that happen to them. The simple hashtag of Me Too just saying one person after another after another have had these horrible things that touched their nerve and definitely was something that, you know, I wrote about on Twitter and that caused some backlash from people who think that movies are completely separate from politics. Going on 400 episodes, I think we've made abundantly clear that movies are kind of a reflection of the times, the politics, the society, the art of things that have come way before, also things that are directly affected to stuff. And then you can utilize movies to look at issues from the past and kind of crystallize them in the present. I think there are reasons why things like Titus or things like Hamlet or any other Shakespeare play is still being performed today because there is some relevancy to this. It isn't something that is completely foreign to us. These are stories that have become part of our culture, and we can see things and go, wow, this is exactly like Titus, or there are things that are are like this. So when I'm looking at something like A Falling Down or 1984, I mean, 1984 is a perfect example. I mean, the way that... Just so many things have come up over the last few years. Alternative facts, some of those things where you're just like, wow, um, this really is very relevant to talk about right now. So 
sorry that I'm ruining your uh, movie podcast by talking about politics. And to that end, one of my favorite reviews of this year comes under the title Ruined by Politics by somebody named Kuroshant Quotient X. And surprisingly, a two-star review, not even a one-star. And that is what started out as a great look into films from the past you may have missed, have downshifted into podcasters Trump derangement syndrome, and that's capitalized each one of those, so TDS. How about comparison to Barack Obama allowing daughter to intern with Harvey Weinstein's company as a launch point for some of their commentary? Nope, nothing like that. Or look around at the Detroit leftists have destroyed. No. The excuse for these clowns is most likely that it has nothing to do with cinema, precisely the reason why the Trump comments don't either. I don't even like Trump, but now am fed up with the constantly comparisons in cinema when garbage Hollywood can't even clean its own home. Get it yet? But continue to allow urban dwelling to people to play the victim with these laughable snide comments. Or why not just stick to films as was promised? Maybe that's too big of a reach for this mental illness these podcasters have for the president. How I pity the anger these people feel, having zero faith in the American people to endure. Grow up. I don't even know where to begin with that. <laughs> um, especially when there are, it feels like words missing to kind of connect some of the subjects and verbs. So. How about comparison to Barack Obama allowing daughter to intern with Harvey Weinstein's company as a launch point for some of their commentary? I think we've talked about Harvey Weinstein on the show. I mean, Harvey Weinstein was kind of a firebrand for the Me Too movement. Um, as far as Barack Obama's daughter interning with Miramax or the Weinstein company, I wasn't even aware of that. And I don't necessarily see the relevance. Um especially because all of these allegations about Harvey Weinstein weren't necessarily public until 2017. So I think that Harvey Weinstein was probably more of an open secret than a lot of people would like to look at. Um, but then there are open secrets like Brian Singer, where people still aren't necessarily looking at that, or Michael Jackson, where people are still in denial about that. And you get these knee-jerk reactions about talking about Michael Jackson being a serial pedophile. There's a lot of this kind of weird thinking when it comes to this stuff. You know, years and years ago, I was told, you know, if, if a cop ever pulls you over, you can't say to them, yes, I was speeding. But look at that other car that passed me. That one's going faster. It doesn't matter that a car was going faster than you. The cop has pulled you over. So you can't just sit there and complain. So you can't do the whole but her emails thing. You know, sorry. You can't just sit there and complain and grouse about Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. They might have done the same or worse. I don't think that they did. You gotta get over some of that stuff. And I don't, I, and I think that's part of the thing is that we're trapped in the past with a lot of these things. And that's why we still are flying the Confederate flag a lot is because people are trapped in this weird mindset, this woulda, shoulda, coulda mindset. That side lost. You really, after 150 or more years, you really gotta get over that shit. So I really don't have too much room to complain about having a troll or possibly a couple somewhat harassing me, just being kind of a gutless coward and, and thinking that they're funnier than they are. I mean, it's not like I'm getting any amount of the shit that some of my female friends who especially are writing or talking about genre films, they get. I mean, my friend Kat Ellinger, friend of the show, has been on quite a few times She's been posting recently on Facebook about just some of the garbage that she's gone through. She's supposed to be writing an article about that where she's actually heard a lot from other female writers and other female genre fans and just the amount of garbage that they've had to go through. It is just 
pretty sad and pretty mind-boggling, so I'm looking forward to reading about that, though at the same time I'm not, uh, if you know what I mean, because it is just sad and depressing to hear just all the, the stuff that people are going through, but at least they're talking about it, at least they are not being forced to be quiet about it and just taking their lumps. I appreciate that. So something that I've done on these Ego Fest time and again, I'm thinking this might be the last time that I do this, is to go through and thank every darn Patreon person who has given a dollar or more. I mean, I really appreciate folks giving their hard-earned cash to the show. That is fantastic, though I think I keep thanking the same people over and over again. I mean, you guys deserve it, of course, though... When we have new patrons, 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 Patreon donors, when we have new folks, I should probably do a better job and actually thank them on the show itself rather than waiting for an ego fest and lumping everybody together so that people actually know that I am appreciative when those donations come in. It is fantastic. But now Patreon actually has a method of keeping track of when I thank people, send books, those kind of things. Because you can get a copy of Impossibly Funky, a cashier's to Cinemart collection that is available for people if they want to give $30. I mean, that's a lot of money, but uh, postage is a lot as well. So I'm, I'm still kind of being soaked on it, but it is a, it's a great way of saying thank you to the people that I appreciate the most. I can't tell you just how depressing it is when So in no particular order, I want to go through and thank all of the people that are currently giving their hard-earned cash to the show. I apologize in advance if I screw up your names. Uh, Unfortunately, there's no pronunciation key that's available. And with some of these names, hey, no problem. You know, Michael O'Connor, great, gotcha. Michael O'Connor, pretty easy name. Then you get to Ode O'Mahoney, A-O-D-H, and it's like... Uh, maybe I'm not as familiar with how to pronounce that as I possibly should be, so I apologize if I screw up your name. I've already said Michael O'Connor, thank you very much. Alan Scott, Jonathan Melville, Jonathan Melville, who's been on the show before. He did a book about Tremors, and now he's doing a book about the Highlander film or films. I imagine it's going to be the whole shebang. Can't wait to read that. That should be amazing. Alan Ricks, Brian Holt, Ode Mahoney. Alex Cohagen, Axel Lavere, that's all one word, like Prince or Madonna, Bobby Power, Drew A. Yavor, Lars Christian Dedelsven, Eric Luther, Alvin Akarma, the great director Alvin Akarma. If you haven't seen Lethal Force, please check it out. You will not be sorry. It is streaming on Amazon Prime right now, if memory serves. Joshua Stewart. Another person just named Stewart, but a different spelling than Joshua Stewart. Brinley Andrews, Derek Burke, or Berkey, Patrick Macius, Nicholas Grebius, sounds like Carolus Linnaeus gave you your name, Nicholas, Bob Vickers, Spencer Seams, Jim Ogden, Jason Davis, Thomas Ronka, Samuel Sanchez, Mike Crate. Anti Holopainen, Joseph Charlesworth, Matt Clark, Thrust Hardcore NPC, God, I hope that's that guy's real name, Carl Janis, Eddie Coulter, Matt H., Andreas Muller, JC, I can only assume that that's Jesus Christ himself, David Jowden, Bjorn Unar, Eric Gilliland, Boots Century, Matthew Clark, that's not to be confused with Matt Clark, that is his more formal relative, I imagine. David Hart, Brandon Boland, Jordan Charles Bisaski, Maurice, Dallas Noble, Mark McElligott, Dr. Michael Brooks, Sam Harris, John Redford, Brian Tessitore, David Wolf, Gabriel Martin, John Andrews, R.W. Lovejoy, Jacob W. Fleming, Kai Clear, Elizabeth, Stuart Chivers, Michael Keller, Christian King, Myrna, 
David Williams, Shane Hamilton, Chris Martz, Bill Ackerman, the lovely Bill Ackerman, probably one of my favorite people of all times, Jordan Blossie. Oh, Jordan, she's so amazing. She does all of our Instagram social media stuff, and she still gives money to the show. That's kind of amazing. Skiz Sizzik. Skiz Sizzik is, of course, also one of my favorite people, one of my best friends. And if you haven't seen his documentary, Ice Pick to the Moon, yet, I highly recommend it. Track it down. The Mysterious Mr. X, David Springfield, Tony Hudson, The Two Doctors, David Brandt, Eric Peterson, Tyler Wickland, Daniel Dahl, Kristen Grote, Matt Kenny, Brian Rosenberg, Aaron West, Brom Bruns, Jim Lakzowski, sorry Jim, Victor Laval, and William Boodle. Those are all the people that are currently funding the Projection Booth on Patreon, which you can get to at patreon.com slash projection booth. Every dollar definitely helps and definitely I appreciate every single one of those. So thank you again, folks, for all of the consideration, all the cash. So once again, thank you to everybody for listening. Head on over to projectionboothpodcast.com if you want information. I'll put the link up for the Facebook group so you can go on over and see what next year is going to be bringing. I don't have co-hosts, guests, those kind of things listed there, just the name of the movies that we'll be covering. If you have any questions, just leave your comments there. And you know, we announce movies so far in advance so that if you've got contacts of people or things that you think we should mention or talk about or similar movies, remakes, sequels, prequels, those kind of things, it's always good to bring those up before I actually talk about them so I can do a little research rather than being that know-it-all who comes in afterwards and says, oh, I'm surprised you didn't talk about this. It's like, well, maybe I didn't know about it. Or maybe I did know about it, and I just didn't want to talk about it. Or maybe the conversation didn't lead itself that way. But regardless, if you know stuff, share stuff, rather than just being Mr. Know-it-all at the end of the day. But I know that's what some people love to do. So I want to thank everybody for making 2018 a fantastic year. It has been, wow, what a roller coaster. I mean, catching up from... Last year, when I took a couple months off because I was in Shanghai, doesn't look like I'll be going to Shanghai again anytime soon. So, you know, it looks like I'll be doing the projection booth for a long time to come. Uh, I hope that doesn't make anybody sad by me saying that, but that looks like it's going to be the case. The one thing that you can do if you want to, if you can't give money to the show or if you can't leave a review or any of that kind of stuff, you can also share the show, tell people about it help get the word out there because because I always say that the projection booth is the best podcast that you probably haven't heard because not a, pe- a lot of people getting out there it's like don't do a lot of jokes on the show so we're kind of missing out on the comedy niche don't have like high production value so we're missing out on the NPR niche so yeah you know I don't have like a famous director footing my bills or anything so Unfortunately, I I wish I could be somebody's arm candy. That would be fantastic and do a podcast on the side and just not have to worry about anything else than from that. That would be great, too. But that's not how it is. It's kind of a one-man band. So I'm out there on the street busking for dollars and being really super annoying. So that's just me, and I appreciate people sticking around. Really kind of tears me up. And I can't deny the fact that you like me. So thanks again for a beautiful 2018, and I look forward to talking with you again in 2019. I wanna see you tonight
I want you to walk in the door. I want you to lay on the floor. Cause tonight's the night we make love. your hair I feel electricity in the air I'm gonna kiss your eyes <gasps> then I'm gonna kiss your neck no. then I'm gonna kiss your tummy Ooh. Then I'm gonna kiss your pineapple. Tonight's the night for love under the light. 